Hello, substantial. Oh, that's good. That's a good tone, isn't it? It sounded a bit kind of James Bondish there, or like yes. Sean Connery. Yes. That's it, yeah. Yes, hello. Hello. Substantial. It's quite a good word for the. Yeah, the substantial. Show. It's quite hard to do. James Bond follow. has been. Uh, the, the opening's been put back in the match. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. It's just kind of sad because I was actually quite looking forward to it. Well, yes, although I was, saying to, I was speaking to Phil Todd today, who is a filmmaker, and I was saying, I did wonder. I mean, I appreciate that it's for serious reasons to put it mm. back, but I also thought, I wonder if they've not finished editing it yet. Classic. <laughs> thinking, let's put it back by a few months, that's going to be yeah. it. We'll use the coronavirus as a, an excuse. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, what's caught your eye? Well, shall I tell you what's caught my eye? Yeah, why don't you cut, oh, okay. what's caught your eye? I'll go with that. All right. So I, I've been watching Last Tango in Halifax, Ooh. which is BBC BBC One, Sunday Night Drama, popular choice, lots of people watching it. Um, I, this is the fifth series and I've watched all the way through. I, I don't always follow something mm. on broadcast TV as yeah. it happens, to yeah. be honest. Um, I tend to catch up with things and, and, you know, once they get a bit popular, then mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a Johnny come lately to that. But I have watched this from the beginning. Um, and it's a it's a funny one because it's arguably it's one of those things where you think, is there enough story to spin it out okay, to a fifth yeah. series? Was, yeah. was there enough to spin it out to a third series, okay, really? Yeah. But and I think that every time I start to watch it and then I'm completely caught up with the characters. Oh. It's lovely. So it's written by Sally Wainwright. And the, have you, are you familiar with this story? Well, I'll give you a little no, premise. Yeah. The premise basically is that you've got these two older characters, Celia and Alan, who were sweethearts when they were at school. Mm-hmm. She went off and married somebody else. He has pined. I think they were both married to other people. Their partners have subsequently dies, died. He has loved her all his life. They meet <gasps> randomly. I, I think they bump. Did they bump cars or something? I can't remember. Uh, bump into each other anyway. Oh and my goodness. there's this late blooming romance. So that it's is quite beautiful. Lovely. Well, it is beautiful, but then it's also, it's the ramifications for all their families. Oh, that's that. fun. So it, they're particularly, both of them have daughters. I think there's a revelation at some point that they're born on the same day. So there's a whole funny thing where they're, they're sort of twins. Um, but they do not get on at all. So they're played by Sarah Lancashire and uh, Nicola Walker, okay. uh, who are, you know, well-known kind of British yeah. television actresses. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lovely kind of feistiness between the two. Wow. They're very, very different. One of them is a sheep farmer. The other one is a head teacher of a prestigious school. But Alan and Celia, so mm-hmm. the, the older characters, they're played by Derek Jacobi and Anne Reed. Mm-hmm. Now Derek Jacobi in particular is just you know he's a renowned stage actor. Mm. He's he's sort of of the great and the good in terms of of acting talent. Anne Reed very well known for television acting. And mm-hmm. um, so the quality of the cast is fabulous and the quality of the writing mm. I think is fabulous as well so uh, yeah I mentioned it, Sally Wainwright so she yeah. she again within kind of television writing circles mm-hmm. is very highly regarded yeah she wrote the thing Happy Valley, Happy Valley that's right yeah with Sarah Lancashire Cat Lancashire um, and it's just beautifully beautifully mm. written Beautifully mm. written. So there was a scene in the episode I was watching the other night. It was a family dinner and the tensions around the room. Oh, I the love table, that. Just fabulous. And particularly Anne Reid. I, I just, I've only kind of discovered her really through this yeah. actually and I've seen her in some other things since. But she she has this phenomenal ability to portray, She's she's Celia is quite an unpleasant woman. Oh, really? Well, it, it, well, I think that's the, thing. the premise that's the sounds so the beautiful, premise is beautiful and very like, and it is a very tender relationship between yeah. the two of them. But I think the way I think it's because they're such skilled actors. They, what they are portraying is she's portraying this lady who's quite sweet on the outside, mm. but 
but there's a deep-seated uh, power dynamic for oh. she likes to control the situation and she's very kind of matriarchal wow and um, he is on the one hand, this lovely, sweet person, mm-hmm. but he's actually quite weak, I think. Oh, wow. And yet, and yet they're they kind they're of pretty somehow, strong. Yeah, okay. So it's so it's so it's it's, it's layered. It's multi layered, mm-hmm. and I really like that about it. I think the writing is very very mm. good, and I've enjoyed the fact that you've tracked, for example, um, the grandson in one of the early series uh, gets his girlfriend pregnant. She's at school. It's all just a bit of a, it's a bit of a disaster. Now, by the time we pick it up in series five. Yeah. They're actually the stable couple within, no. the, yeah, within the whole thing, which is very interesting. That is, they, yeah. You know, their child has grown up. She's pregnant again. He's trained as a teacher. The, you wow. know, she's got a job in the supermarket. It, it's yeah. So, so yeah. it flips expectations. So that's mm. what I'm quite enjoying about it. That, so you, you kind of mentioned that. Yes. You, okay. It, the premise was quite specific and very good at the start, mm. but obviously there are five series in. Yeah. Like kind of what is driving it now i or? think it's the multi-layered family okay actually so i think really what's happening is you've got a number of strands okay. of story mm-hmm. so in that sense it's become not dissimilar i guess to soap opera okay so i think I, I guess starting with a large enough cast of characters by the time you took in this sort of extended family relationships and mm. uh, that has enabled sally wainwright as she's written okay to, to pick up the threads okay, of stories. Yeah. so there's enough there's definitely enough mm-hmm. material. I suppose my one criticism of it was it sometimes, particularly in the last few series, it has felt a little bit like, oh, really? Another thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, when's the normality going to happen? Yeah, yeah. This, this thing. Mm-hmm. But there are just these lovely tender moments and also spiky moments. Oh. So that, that table scene, mm. spiky. Oh, you could feel You could feel the tension. It was, you know, That's so cool. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's question also, yes. is it set in Halifax? It is set in Halifax. Okay. In Yorkshire. In Yorkshire, okay, not, not the bank. <laughs> setting Halifax the, the branch along the road <laughs> although that would be a lovely comedy or drama I would like oh, to see oh that would so yeah mm, mm, what about you what has caught your eye so I've been watching um, the Netflix series Love is Blind mm. um, which is yeah it's just like a 10 parter Netflix thing um, I am very addicted to it I can't lie I keep staying up too late to watch it because I'm just I need to know what happens um but the premise is well the question that the show is asking is is love blind or can love be blind so can you fall in love with someone you've never met like never seen physically Uh um and it is a sort of kind of reality tv show in the sense that what they do is they get like real people so guys and girls and it's in set in America. It's in America, and basically they put them all into like they they keep them separated, the guys and the girls, and then they go into these pods, and mm-hmm. in the pods they they're basically on a sort of date, okay. but they can't see each other. Okay. So the aim is that you get to know each other through conversation, okay. um, and then basically you can either the process of these throughout this process of the pods. It's the aim is that you either find the person you want to marry or you leave. Sorry, so sorry, so we're aiming towards marriage. Yeah. We're, not, oh, yeah. we're not just aiming towards no, not coupling like up. coupling up. No, no. So and this then, is no Love Island. Oh, this is no Love Island. I, I mean, I well, I've yeah. never actually watched an episode. Of oh, Love I love Love Island. Island. Um, and so basically, at the very start of the show, they they're set. They're given. They're like, okay, you have ten days. Yeah. In these pods. Yeah. If at the end of those ten days you haven't met someone, then that's it. Um. So it's like a very elongated. Um, Speed date. Yes, basically, basically, <laughs> but, yeah. Because you, you, well, yeah, you can't see each other, and you can just go. You can flip. Yeah. So you can get to speak to as many people as you want to, yeah. um, and then they have a wedding date is set preset. So 
um, it's in like 40 days from them starting the process. Mm-hmm. And then, so what happens is if you do decide to like that you want to marry this person um, that you've never physically mm-hmm. met, but you've spoken to, um, like one of you can propose and then you meet each other for the first time after that. Oh my goodness. Face to face. That's you can good actually, television. Oh, it was great. Um, and then you go on a sort of honeymoon holiday thing okay. um, where you effectively are kind of, yeah, I suppose it's, it's kind of linking in that physical connection with the emotional. So you, firstly, you've had this emotional thing. You you feel like you fall in love with someone. Uh-huh. But like, what's it mean to kind of get to know them and like be around them? Like yeah. kind of face to face all the time. And then... And after, is that in a honeymoon destination? Yeah, it's in like Mexico. Place? Right, okay. You're like, okay, okay yeah. not real life. And then what they do is after that, they move in with each other okay. um, and they start to plan a wedding. Effectively, that's it. That's the purpose. Uh-huh. And, then, and then obviously it's all working towards the wedding. Yeah. But... Um, if at any point, so if you think you are in love with someone and you like get engaged and you then go to this like resort and at any point you can just say, I don't, I don't want to love you. I don't, I don't want to marry you. Gosh. So that did happen to one couple. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to the first night of being in this sort of like honeymoon resort place and they broke up. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I can't, it's so addictive. <laughs> and also there are some couples and I'm like, I'm obsessed with you. Like, uh-huh. I think you could go all the way. Mm-hmm. Like, you seem like you're in love. It's 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 such a strange premise because it's, it's really... such an artificial premise. It's it like, is. Because you're being filmed, you know yeah, you're being filmed, yeah, you know you're yeah. in this... But it's, what's, what I find really fascinating is for a lot of these people, they're in this experiment because they don't want to be... They don't want their physical the physicality of who they are to mm-hmm. get in the way of who, like the stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. So the whole point is that you're making an emotional connection with yeah. someone and that you learn to trust them before you've ever actually seen them face to face. So it, there is a massive amount of trust and faith yeah. going into it because, you know, you can agree to say, I'm going to get married to you and then you meet, have to meet them face to face. And what if you're not like physically attracted to them yeah. or what if they're different to happen? how... You... When they do the reveal, is there anybody who's like, oh no? Mm, not necessarily, they... but there are a couple of people where maybe it's like they're it would not be their usual type. So in particular is an interracial couple. Okay. And so the the woman is black, the guy is white, and she has would never have dated someone who's white. Okay. Um, like if she wasn't part of this, this, this experiment, but they didn't talk about, well, she didn't really talk, ask him. I don't think she ever asked him like what race he was. Uh-huh. And so when they first meet, like she, she really likes him and she finds him very attractive, but she was also like, this is... This is really weird for me so because this is not what I would usually go for. Yeah. And there's one or two other people as well where they're like, yeah. this isn't my usual type, but I do find them really attractive. But there is one couple in particular that are a little bit more mature, I'd mm-hmm. say, in terms of age, but also just in terms of how both individually both of them hold each other and mm-hmm. hold themselves. I am obsessed with them. <laughs> you I think they're going to go all the way? I think they will. And I every time it gets to that point in the episode where it kind of hones in on them, I'm like, okay let's just I just want you guys to get married now like no, it's because it's been edited that way to, to create a story for you I yeah probably cynic, no know, no but... yeah for, but there's no but the, every other couple are quite I don't know they've there's either doubts creep in or they're actually a bit explosive when they kind of uh-huh. they kind of argue yeah. this couple are just they're both very steady they both seem like quite sensible people mm-hmm. and they're both quite like steady people and they both kind of just seem to potter along but they uh-huh. kind of really seem to connect with each other and I am just, it, I can't tell you. It's like actually strangely addictive. I an invitation to the wedding. I know, I'm, I am, but I think they've already got married. Well, oh, yes, they might have already had, yeah, had the wedding. True. I don't know. Or I don't not. know. I don't know. I'm only halfway through the series, so who knows? I have a question, which is, do you think there are some people who sit around all day trying to come up with new formulae for this kind of reality Yes, 100%. Yeah. Imagine if that was your job. 
Ja, ne. seasonally yeah we're sort of part way through we're kind of halfway through yeah. I guess by the time this is going to go out but yeah. we're going to think about the Lent yes whether you do anything about Lent mm. Mm. whether we think people are doing more to do with Lent mm. or yeah less or more less or more or yeah. is more less and yeah all I don't, of that I think, kind yeah. of stuff I think um did you start Lent off in any particular way this year? Well, it's funny you should say that I mean obviously obviously the Shrove Tuesday oh yes obviously I'm sugar free Oh, Which is going quite well, by oh, the way. So did you do anything for a show of Tuesday? Yeah, I had, I had pancakes at Mesa down the road and uh, I had uh, sugar-free pancakes because it was a savoury option. Lovely. It was delicious. Oh, my goodness. I, I would quite often choose a savoury pancake over a sweet one anyway. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I would quite often choose savoury over sweet. I would choose savoury, but not savoury pancakes. Um, well, not, I, when I say savoury pancakes, I'm not talking about a Findus pancake. I'm talking about a delicious, oh yeah, delightful savoury dish mm, comprising yummy. of some pancake-based base. <laughs> So that was sure of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I think you and I were both at different experiences yes, we did. of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm making that sound more intriguing than it probably it, was, yeah, which well. was basically an Ash Wednesday service yeah. at church. Mm-hmm. And I went to the, the daytime one, Yes, partly out of practicality because I had something on in the evening. Yeah, uh, But it was a midday service, so it was quite a, quite a small number of people mm-hmm. in the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both part of the same church, which mm-hmm. is a Baptist church, so yeah. it wouldn't really be a Baptist church. It's not really a to do an Ash Wednesday service, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was beautiful. I, yeah. I don't know about the evening, but the the daytime one it was very somber. Mm-hmm. Um, we took communion together. We reflected on loss yeah. and on simplicity. Yeah, and we also we we had ash put onto yeah. our foreheads, which is a sort of traditional yeah. thing in in other yeah. types of I suppose other other denominations. Yeah. Um, although interestingly I was staying with my brother that evening yeah. and he goes to church in fact he goes to church in Edinburgh the yeah. church that you were part of when you were yeah. growing up and he came in at night and he had also been to National Wednesday service and he also had a oh a, an oh, that's fun on his oh, that's forehead. Good, yeah. yeah that's an yeah. Episcopal church uh-huh. how yeah. was your experience I know I, I had well so I did Shrove Tuesday as well mm-hmm. um, but I had sweet pancakes I had a lot of Nutella I think wrong with that. it was delicious mm-hmm. I, although a bit too much I think too sweet picked, Fiona too sweet no, just too heavy. Okay. Do you know when you have too many pancakes? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. maybe I shouldn't do that. But it was very, it was very delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Ash also went to Ash Wednesday service, but later on. So our, I don't know, maybe it was interesting to think about, uh, I went to, at 8 p.m. so it was dark. Mm. So I don't know what it was like with you, but it was like, it was a very like low lit mm-hmm. service anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird kind of coming in from the dark and it was also already quite like dark and mm. sort of, Quite yeah, it was very atmospheric. Were you sitting in an apron stage format? Yes, yes, we were. Um, so I love that you've thrown in that theatre term there. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was probably exactly the same in terms of how they did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many more people were there. Well, it was quite I mean, a it, range. It was a handful at, in, the, in the daytime because I was helping serve communion and it didn't take very long. All right, ours was took 10 or 12 of us. Okay. <laughs> there was a few more people there yeah. at the one in the evening. Yeah. But I, I loved it because it was the sort of a space reflection um it felt like it was a nice way to mark lent yeah i've never done that before yes, as, as marking that. i've never obviously i've had like have pancakes most years but that doesn't really feel connected to Correct. lent so i felt as though it was nice and i absolutely loved getting a bit of yeah charcoal or whatever on my on my i think it was i think it was ash it, it, ash. Was, it was specially purchased ash oh, i wondered where they got that from yes, i was well, like I knew that because I'd been the like, ash shop must be selling lots this time a little pot of it sitting yes 
I don't, I don't know whether you buy it from a special a specialist religious shop. I don't know. I mean, it's anyway. a bit of thought, isn't it? Yeah. Find you know Amazon, answer, you just let us just know. Let us know. You, I actually did think that, but it was quite funny because I got back um, home later on and my flatmate just was like, couldn't get over what was on my face. She was like, sorry, you look like you're in a cult. She, I, I can't take it seriously. I can't take it seriously. Every time I kind of turned and talked to her and she was like, what? Like, I freaked out by it. Whereas I had a really interesting conversation with somebody in a, in a baker's. Because mm. I went to buy a loaf of bread and the girl who was serving mm. said, oh, what church are you part of? Because mm-hmm. I see you've got ash in your face. Yeah. And then the other guy who was working with her said, oh, I just thought your face was dirty. <laughs> we ended up having quite an interesting conversation about like, yeah. because cause one of the things that struck me around about where we live mm. in uh, Denison with its yeah. many trendy cafes, yeah. Shrove Tuesday was a huge thing. Oh, was it? It's not called Shrove Tuesday. It would be Pancake, pancake Day. Day yeah. a, lot of, a lot of cafes doing special yeah. pancake offers, a lot of stuff on Instagram yeah. about different pancake things. And I was quite interested in how many people we're able to connect yeah. what that meant yeah. um, or has it just become an excuse to do I think it, it's I not think, an excuse yeah. it's, you know it's, a, yeah. it's something that you mark but I wonder if it's been mm. um, decoupled from its, its I definitely I w- yeah I'd be really interested to know how many people would know like why, why you're having pancakes why it's there. I mean yeah. even I was like Hmm, why is this a thing? And it was about like using up. Yeah, and you probably should have sweet pancakes because I think it's about using up your sugar. Yeah, you meant to. Yeah, you meant to use up the sort of sugar mm-hmm. for ahead of Lent because that's when, like, traditionally, I suppose people give up things like sugar mm-hmm. or kind of the things that are a bit more. They're seen as a bit more. I don't know, um, abundant. Yeah, kind of. Yes. Or luxury. Yes. So I think that's the whole point. Is Lent is meant to be sort of a sort of penitence. Yes. I think traditionally. And it, ha- it has a sort of double edge to it, yeah. doesn't it? Because there is that, that feeling, of, that, that sense of penitence mm. and, and, and de- de- not deprivation, yeah. but, but fasting, yeah. I suppose, mm-hmm. and, and sort of spiritual process of yeah. that. But I think it's also about saving for the celebration yeah. of Easter. Because mm-hmm. I think if you do the, the Lent thing without yeah. recognising yeah. the celebration yeah. of resurrection and then the feasting that comes yeah. along with that, then you... You, you kind of it's it, it, sad, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It doesn't like, doesn't really make just giving up all this stuff. So, so have you have you given up anything this year? I'm, I actually have given up sugar. Ta-da. So I'm following on Come from up you. Come and join me on the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've given up sugar this year. It was kind of a last minute thing, really. I was like, oh, I'll just give it up. I mean, because I do find it hard. Mm-hmm. So I think with Lent every year, if I've ever given up stuff, I always try and do something that will challenge me. Yeah. So I think, oh, I don't want to do something that will be really easy. Yeah. So I don't want to give up. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't want to be like, I'm giving up meat. <laughs> like, I already do that. Although one year I did actually do that uh-huh. before I was veggie. Yeah. Um, and that's actually how I became a vegetarian. Oh, really? And I gave up um, meat for Lent like five years ago. And I never went back. I never went back. And it, I mean, I gave up because I was like, I want to think a bit more about ethical reasons, environmental reasons, mm-hmm. and then decided I'm not going to go back. So yeah. So, but I suppose I try and do something that challenges me. So yeah. sugar is a challenge for me. I mean, I eat f- fruit and yeah. like, so natural sugars, yeah. but anything sweet, I'm kind of trying to avoid. So I am following on from you <laughs> and your little sugar-free life. I'm actually really liking it, to be honest. I, mean, I'm, I am struggling, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The first like oh, week yeah, or two is always hard. quite hard. Yeah, because you're sort of crashing yeah. down from it, but... Yeah, and and I had some stuff at the weekend because I was at a wedding and mm. it was at my brother's birthday, so we were out for a meal. But I think, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and is that have you? So you've given up other things in previous yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yep. What so I've given up chocolate before, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of years ago I gave up plastic or ah, like plastic okay. less Lent. So it wasn't it wasn't completely plastic free. It was more like really trying to reduce, and it was part. I was part of a sort of wider Facebook group or community that were kind of doing it um and it was really really interesting I mean what I kind of 
had was I had the issue that I had lots of stuff that was in plastic before mm-hmm. Lent. Mm-hmm. So I used all that up, but then anything I bought over the course of that period, I tried to buy that wasn't plastic. But it was really hard because I was traveling a lot at the time and um, like around the country with work and it was really hard to find things on the go. Yes. So I ended up having to buy things like snacks or like food like in plastic. So that was kind of frustrating. But um, it made me really think about that and I use that as a sort of form of worship thinking mm-hmm. about okay what's it mean to give up something that's that's seen as something that's quite easy to get but actually this is this is a challenge for me and at the end I took a little picture of all the plastic that I had uh, used because yes. actually I was like I don't want to be on my like high horse here and say oh plastic less lent yeah. it was really hard yeah and it was basically proved to me that you can't be plastic free you can't do it uh-huh. so I've done that before yeah give up meat it's quite good, isn't it, when it's linked to a, to a wider campaign? Yes, because I, uh-huh. I think that's it. It has a, again. Well, I said it was a double thing before. Yeah. No, it's a triple thing, uh-huh. which is it also it can highlight a particular. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, issue, can't yeah. it? Like, like the, the plastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think that those are kind of some of the highlights. But what about you? What have you? Um, yeah, well, I've, I suppose over the years I've done quite a lot of different things. So I, I've, I've given up alcohol. Oh. Now I would say when I did, I've done that quite a few times. I would say for me, part of that, if I'm honest, is a sort of actually I need to just do this for six weeks and know that I can do it mm-hmm. for six weeks. I think that's maybe quite a helpful mm. um, reminder to me that, that I'm I'm able to do that. And I, I do find, I, I think I'm just, I think I talked about this with the sugar stuff. Mm. I feel as I'm talking to everybody about the sugar thing, but I am quite a person of excess. So okay. for me to say, you know, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. Is, is easier than that's what I'm like as well yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I've yeah, done alcohol I've done chocolate I've done crisps crisps was real, crisps for me was harder than chocolate oh no I, I would get that I love a crisp <laughs> I love a crisp um, last year I did coffee and the reason I did that was I was doing the IGM slave free Lent campaign oh yes so that the idea behind that was that you're well in fact I've connected into it again this year but mm-hmm. I'll talk in a minute about mm-hmm. what I'm doing for that um, I the idea behind that is that you give up something that is a commodity that's mm, attached to mm, the slave trade. Mm. So it could be coffee, it could be chocolate, it could be fashion, it could be makeup. Mm. That feels like, I, I don't know if I could do that. Mm. Um, and you, they send you little updates, yeah. giving you information and, and stuff that you can repost mm-hmm. to, to help highlight the issue. I find that quite interesting because last year when I did it, I, I thought, right, I'm going to do the social media yeah. posting thing around it. So when I first went on to I kind of took a picture of my coffee pots and put it on Facebook or something and it was fascinating the comments that people made so quite a few people said oh but surely you can buy coffee that's not part of the slave trade I was like well that that's not the point yeah the point is that I give up coffee in order to highlight the fact yeah. that that in the coffee trade mm-hmm. slavery is a, mm-hmm. is present um, and then somebody else somebody else made a comment about, oh well if you're if you if you find it too hard you can always just remember you're not catholic which I thought was a, quite an offensive comment actually to be honest yeah, I know. Exactly. What? We could take a long time unpacking yeah, yeah. that particular yeah. comment. Yeah. Um, but I thought that's really interesting, isn't mm. it? I think Lent sometimes does still have, uh, it ha- it has a bit of a label of mm. something about earning your salvation, yeah. which sometimes people would connect, yeah. um, perhaps with a with a more um, Catholic way of thinking mm-hmm. about things, which I, I think is, is an unhelpful way to think yeah. about Lent, because I, I don't think it's about that. So yeah, mm. sorry, that sparked mm. off the coffee thing. Um I had this year. I've I've gone down a slightly circuitous route because I was already doing this sugar free yeah. thing. I thought, okay, I want to do something that's that's going to challenge me spiritually. Yeah. So I've stopped listening to. I've not stopped listening to radio altogether, but I've stopped listening at odd moments to the radio. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I will listen to the news yeah. at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, depending on what time I'm getting yeah. up. But at ten past the hour, you switch. I'll off. switch it off. Very good. And I'll listen to music, or I might listen to a podcast, yeah. or I might radically 
have nothing playing. Yes. Just be with my own Do thoughts. It. Um, when I'm in the car, mm-hmm. I'm choosing mm-hmm. to listen mostly to music. And yeah, when we talked about this, when we talked about sleep last mm. time, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying not to do the listening yeah. to let me fall asleep. Yeah. So partially, there's a slight health benefit for me in that. Mm-hmm. I also think that for me, radio and audio can become a complete distraction. Yeah. To the rest of life, so I like to feel a bit smug about it mm. because usually it's quite worthy things that I'm listening yeah. to, but it's still a distraction yeah. to, to everything else. So I'm I'm trying to. I'm not. I, I'm kind of succeeding and failing mm. this. Uh, I'm trying to turn those moments mm. when I would listen to something else to be a bit more prayerful mm. about things going on and, and a bit more attentive as well to what mm-hmm. I'm sensing God's doing around mm-hmm. about me. Oh, that's very good. Well, we'll see how it goes. How have you been finding it so far? It's been it's been fun. There's been one or two moments when I've sort of forgotten. So I've got in the car and the radio has just automatically come yeah. on and I've you know spent about five minutes yeah. getting into some random yeah. programme and then I thought, oh, no, I'm not ready to do that. Mm. Um, so I'm trying not... To, I, I, I am trying not to be too uh, legalistic yeah. about it because it's not about that. Mm. I think mm-hmm. I think that's quite important about yeah. it, that it's, it's not just giving something up because yeah. that could just be like a diet. Yeah. But it's actually replacing it with yeah. something else. I think that's the principle behind mm. any fasting, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. When you fast, you eat it's about using that time yeah to yeah. focus on god yeah and focus on your spiritual mm. um journey i guess yeah so yeah I'm, I'm finding it okay yeah that's good i'm not hugely missing things i'm not listening to the archers i mean that's quite a big thing for me oh, that is a big thing mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. what on earth and there'll be a, a whole six week section that i'll never get back i know because you're not going to catch up are you mm-hmm. don't think so <gasps> mm-hmm. wow it's quite big. That is big. But yeah, it's good so far. Yeah. I, I'm still listening to podcast. Yeah, I'm being quite selective. You listen to this podcast, to, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Although it's very weird. To yeah, listen back yeah, to no, I don't really, yeah. I don't really do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, kind of, I suppose it's we've kind of talked a bit about giving things up. Is there mm-hmm. anything you've ever taken up? Well, I have. Uh, I didn't do very well at this, but I've moderately engaged with the random act of kindness. Oh yes, thing. I did, used to do that a bit as well. Who was that again? Is that stewardship? It was stewardship. It was forty acts. Yes, forty acts. That's forty right. acts, and it was kind of this, this idea of being generous. Yeah. So turning not not just giving things up, but like kind of almost like getting your head above water and looking beyond yourself. Who can you be generous mm. to? And each day would have a different act, mm. wasn't it? Sort of, mm-hmm. And you get an email being like try this today try this it was like a challenge mm-hmm. or something and, yeah. and it was good mm-hmm. i just yeah yeah i think i think maybe because of the kind of job i have mm-hmm. it, you know so for you had to do something for your workmates yeah. sometimes i don't see anybody yeah. for a whole day and yeah. so yeah i i, I yeah i didn't yeah. do all that yeah. i sometimes don't like people telling me what to do i feel like that's exactly how i was like i just find it really hard well, to be kind when I, told yeah. what to do today i was like i'd rather come up with my own thing i know that's exactly me it's so bad yeah that's how i felt i was like oh yeah okay. i mean i think it's a brilliant really brilliant principle yeah. i was going to ask you something i was going to ask you about easter mm. do, do you have particular things you do to celebrate easter um not really my mum makes us a treasure hunt every year mm. but it, what it is I it's like a, it's a paper treasure hunt so mm-hmm. it's it's clues around the house so mm-hmm. and each one you, you go find a piece of paper and then it'll have like either um a jumbled up letters or it'll be like a clue and then you have to go find the next one, next one, next one. And then eventually so you get to the, the Easter eggs. So it's not like one of those classic things. You know, like you often hear about like kids running around a garden finding like Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. It's yeah. like a bit more like intellectual. So good. Die <laughs> Oh, she's great. She, that, yeah. She's great. Look yeah. out for her. Um, and she still does it for us, even though I think she did she share for me last year, even though it was just me. And I was like 23. Love it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I suppose that's kind of the main thing. I've, I've grown up in a church where I think... 
Easter week. The, the week mm. before Easter is a, quite a big deal. So Good Friday service. And then I think even like before that, like Monday, Thursday, I suppose all these things, it, when you look at um, like scriptures, um, they kind of lead up to yeah. Easter and um, obviously the crucifixion and the resurrection, like kind of looking at kind of the different parts of the story from different angles mm-hmm. so i suppose in some ways i am quite used to that mm-hmm. and so i really enjoy um good friday mm-hmm. as a, like going to some service somewhere so last year i was in london so i went to st paul's cathedral oh, it was that, yeah. it was amazing yeah. i was like this is awesome um and it was kind of a drop-in thing so mm-hmm. you could kind of come and go and other years i've been other places so i kind of i suppose have you ever been to a foot washing monday thursday no have you I can't remember if I have or not. That's that's a middle age thing where you can't remember if you've experienced something or you just think you've experienced it. That's fun. Wait, so someone washes your feet? I mean, I, I've been to foot washing. I've, I've, yes, I've yes. Been, yeah, I've or done foot washing yes. within response mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to remember if it was mm-hmm. Monday Thursday because I think mm-hmm. that is one of the things about Monday Thursday, yes. isn't it? Because it commemorates Jesus' uh-huh. washing his mm-hmm. feet. Yeah. So yeah, I, I suppose that's kind of... But I think Easter is like sometimes slightly bypassed in like more regular culture these yeah. days i mean obviously you've got like easter eggs and stuff yeah but they're maybe not even called easter eggs anymore they're called like chocolate eggs uh-huh. so i think it's a bit hard sometimes i think to find your own little yes way of celebrating yes because maybe like culture and society it's not it's not the done thing anymore yes. and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing because if people aren't um religious or don't believe in it then i'm not expecting them yeah. to sort of celebrate this day yeah but i think i do find that quite hard because yes. i'm like oh i want to celebrate this thing yes but no one else is <laughs> i i think it's really yeah i i, I don't I, I kind of asked you the question because mm. i don't think i've really worked this out yeah so so i think because of the kind of jobs i've done quite often i've been away mm. at camp maybe yeah. easter or i've been doing lots of easter assemblies yeah. and schools and things um and and so it's it's sort of slightly bypassed yeah. but i think in recent years easter weekend just happens to have fallen in such a way that i've, I've been off yeah. And I, I, I am kind of trying to puzzle out what, what does that mm-hmm. mean? What, mm-hmm. how do I, yeah, like you say, yeah. how do you find your own ways to, mm-hmm. to market? Yeah. And I remember reading something years ago um, about it was somebody talking about the fact that it's almost as though Christmas has become so commercial, yeah, um, that it's like the church or Christian uh, disciples have kind of. It's almost it's almost too far to, yeah. to reclaim yeah. some of that because it's mm-hmm. all muddled in with a whole lot mm-hmm. of commercial stuff. But actually, Easter in Easter mm-hmm. we've got something, yeah. That is worth celebrating, and, yeah. and trying to find creative ways to yeah. do that is yeah. Oh, I see it's such a, I, but I also see it as such a, a creative opportunity. Uh, yeah, to think how do you go through, how do you journey through, yeah, a whole week towards Easter, uh-huh. and like the different stages of like pain and grief, and like quiet and solitude, mm. and like things like the the sort of Last Supper. How do you do that? There's mm. so many creative things mm-hmm. you can do, mm-hmm. and I I just. I'm like, oh, the opportunities are endless. It's so cool. But I think maybe we don't pay enough attention to it, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. We don't, or or you don't think about it ahead of time. In advance, that's right. And you kind of slightly lose lose the opportunity. Whereas at Christmas, oh, we can have a carol service. Oh, because every year, everyone likes carols. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And they're a bit more mainstream. So Mm -hmm. it's maybe easier to be like, that's coming up because Mm -hmm. everyone's thinking about it from September. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know, but I sense at the ancient age that I am, I feel there is a bit of a resurgence of thinking about some ah, of this stuff. So I think people are talking more about Lent. Cool. There's more stuff out there to help you engage with it. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah, people, I think. I think well, something like the IGM stuff, so mm. International Justice Mission Slave Free Lent. It is so. It's such an easy thing to get involved with. Yeah. It's so like you can just. 
it feels very manageable, mm-hmm. but also still a challenge. And so it feels quite, that could be quite, it's quite a mainstream thing mm-hmm. in some ways. That's right. Like for us to all engage yeah. with. Because yeah. it's just asking you to give up one thing. Yes. Um, and talk about and it. And talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think seeing Lent as not this big, I have to give up everything. Oh, like mm. quite, I kind of, as you were saying, almost like this, this kind of earning, you have to earn just, something, yeah, earn. Yeah. And this is a challenge for you to really engage with almost seeing it as like no you give up something this is a challenge but you also like take up something you take up a cause you take up like i don't know a slightly different habit for a while Mm -hmm. and see how you get on i think that's like when we shift lent into that maybe mindset and that tradition perhaps it takes on a slightly easier more manageable like shape yeah i think that's good i don't know yeah i think that's true right amazing lovely well i hope the rest of lent goes well for you Remember, you're saved by grace. Yes, that's this. But nonetheless, pursue self-discipline. I shall. And you too. Word of wisdom to you. (laughs) So, substantial. What is your creative kernel this week? Well, it's 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 quite a timely one, I would say, because and, and and this is all said with the caveat that we well this is well we might as well be honest about this we're recording this on the 5th of march yeah so coronavirus is becoming quite a serious concern Mm -hmm. in the country so by the time this goes out we don't really know what will be happening and but at the moment there's lots of people really you know trying to do uh, contingency Mm -hmm. planning and so on Um, and there's a bit of talk about isolation and so on and i was having a conversation with somebody earlier who uh was she was just she was just expressing her concern she has her own business and she was talking about um well, she's a, she's a wedding yeah. photographer. So the the issue is, of course, people are thinking, well, do we go ahead with our yeah. wedding? What should we do? And obviously that has a knock-on implication for all the people providing services. And so yeah. she was just talking about the fact that, um, we're talking about contracts, actually, mm-hmm. and the importance of having good contracts in place so that when something goes wrong, you you have yourself sorted out and you're you're covered. And so I suppose my, my kernel around that was... Partly about it is important to get that stuff in place in the first place. So whether that's about having good contracts when you're providing services, whether it is about your tax return. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm sometimes an evangelist for HMRC because no, I just really have are. a strong sense that it's really important to pay our taxes. Mm-hmm. And so you do need to declare what you earn and, and, and pay for the things like NHS, mm. which let's face it, we all understand at the moment it's mm. really, really important. So anyway, uh, so it's important to, to sort your taxes out. It's important to sort things like contracts, stuff like insurance, stuff like if you're working with young people or vulnerable adults that you have um, PVG checks mm-hmm. in place and so on. And I, what, what I would say is don't get caught up and anxious and worried about the whole thing. So you have to keep perspective about this thing. Mm. You have to... Do as much as you can. If you're not good with paperwork, if you're not good at sorting out this kind of thing, find somebody who can help you do that. Mm -hmm. It might mean you have to pay somebody to sort your taxes Mm -hmm. or it might mean you have to pay somebody to help you draw up a contract. Mm -hmm. It might mean you have to speak to other people in your field or look online to to, um, organisations that are out there to help you. But I suppose, I I think particularly for the self-employed, for the contract workers, for um, people working in creative... um, own business mm. situations mm-hmm. it is really important to get this stuff in place not to panic about it unnecessarily but the reason we have things in place is so that when stuff comes along yeah. we, we are slightly covered yeah. really with um with yeah being able to look after ourselves and look after mm. our, our businesses and do find people around who can help yeah. but don't fret about it yeah. don't be anxious about it because actually life does throw things and mm-hmm. we have to adapt to yeah. it and that's part of the nature of yeah of what life is 
Oh boy. This it's too will true. pass. This too. As they say. Because <laughs> actually the issue is many of us that are creative are not good at finances slash organising ourselves. No. That's why we're in the creative industry. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Not in finance or it's accounts. So true. So And those people are our friends. We love them. They maybe don't understand us, but they're our friends. They are our friends. <laughs> Very much. So. <laughs> we're theirs. <laughs> so that's it. Creative Colonel. Great. What about what about so Fiona, wisdom for the week. Wisdom for the week, yeah. Um so my wisdom for the week is just keep on running. Mm. Just keep on running, everybody. Mm-hmm. Even when the going gets tough or Things are cancelled. Um, so Tell us more. <laughs> I know. Oh, so sad. So um, at the past weekend, I was in Paris um, and I'd gone there with um, a friend, our friend Christina, to run the Paris half marathon. And we got there on Saturday and we went to pick up our like bibs and our kind of all the stuff we needed. So the kit that we get provided with and we were really excited. We were eating lots of bread because we need to carb up. It's amazing. Um, and we were like, oh, you're going to run this race. Amazing, amazing. And so the race is on the Sunday morning at like 10-ish. And um, I was meeting a different friend for a while and I get a text from Christina. And it says, oh, like nothing's wrong, but just text me when you get this. Uh-huh. So I, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll just text her. Just check. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. And she was like, the race has been cancelled. <gasps> I, I was like, what now? Um, and yeah, so basically because of concerns over the coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, they cancelled, like French government have cancelled lots of lots of big events, lot, particularly sporting events. Mm-hmm. So there were meant to be 44,000 people taking part in this race. Wow. That's a lot of people. Lot of people. Um, but they obviously cancelled it so late in the day, like it was 4pm the day before the race. Yeah. Um, so we were quite, we were like, what are we going to do? And we were like, do you know what? This isn't going to stop us from running. Yeah. So we didn't run the Paris half marathon route but we kept running. So the next day, we put on our little oh, little um, yeah. tops, our, our little numbers, yeah. race numbers, got a little selfie, and then ran to the Eiffel Tower. Brilliant. And what I really liked is that because we were like, we're just going to keep running, and we're going to kind of, this is like camaraderie. Yeah, you know, we're just going to, we are going to pretend we're doing our own race. Mm-hmm. And we got we got there, and we saw people doing the same thing. Oh, people so who'd nice. also put on their little numbers, oh. and we were like cheering. We were like, yeah, you're amazing. I know, we were like, oh, um, so so I suppose my little wisdom is just like yeah you know, in that situation I we just decided to that even though something was a bit kind of had happened that was bad we were like no we're not going to let us dampen our spirits we're going to keep running we're going to go and like just make our own little thing mm-hmm. so that's my little oh, wisdom it's lovely it's sad though that you didn't get to run but you're running something later in the year hopefully third time lucky folks oh, yeah, hopefully I damaged my knee and I think that was our first ever podcast I was like I fell down the stairs and my wisdom for the week was turn the light on um, which I now do but um, I yeah I was meant to be running a half marathon then in the Glasgow area and now I want to run the half I just don't understand why I can't just run 13 miles in the water so I'm hoping that I'll maybe do the Edinburgh one now that's good that's good. Just keep running, Fiona. Just, I'll just keep running. That's, that's the wisdom. That's just my wisdom. Running. That's it. That's it. But yes. What about you? What's so mine your... is don't follow the crowd. Okay. So the other night I was in Tesco and mm-hmm. again, on that same theme of coronavirus, I it, it was completely sold out of hand sanitizer. I didn't really need hand sanitizer. <laughs> Frankly, I went down the aisle just to see whether they'd sold out because I'd heard that in the news. Um, but I found myself, you know, when you're in the supermarket and you're kind of in tow with somebody else at mm. the same time. So I found myself in tow with this man who was obviously stockpiling because he was buying vast bags of pasta 
Now, as an aside, I didn't need to do that because I still got, I've got my Brexit stockpile. That's a whole other story. But I said, like, oh, he's stopped. I can tell he's stockpiling. From one stockpile to another, I could tell. And he was putting in like cans of tomatoes. There were very few cans of tomatoes left in Tesco the other night. Um, but I, I, I was also in the baking aisle because I was buying something for, for something I was making. And um, I realised the same guy was there and he was, he was getting yeast. I thought, I need to get yeast. I need to get, because my stockpile doesn't have any yeast. So I found myself, I got the yeast, put it in my basket, went through the checkout. And as I was driving home, I thought, what? What? Why? <laughs> because I've never made bread in my life. I mean, I might start now that I've got I mean, yeast maybe in the start house. Now. I've never made bread in my life. Frankly, if I get ill, the last thing I'm going to want to do is make bread. <laughs> now, admittedly, if you're stuck in the house and you you know, you know need you, you need to make something, I'd... I still don't know if making bread from scratch. I'd probably just make scones, or frankly, boil up some pasta. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. So, so it, it struck me that if you're not even an idiot, because you basically just followed this guy and got sucked into thinking, oh, he's buying yeast. I need to buy yeast. I don't need to. I don't need to do that. However, I will maybe take up a new hobby of bread making. I'll maybe tell you that might become that'd another be, thing. That'd be, that'd that'd be very good, actually. Yeah, I think yeah, you can do exactly. that. Amazing. Well, okay. that's a good. That's a good tip. So next week, what are we can talk about? I think we're going to talk about. Scotland. I like that. Escocia. Escocia. Ecosse. 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 I, I, okay, side note, in France at the weekend, yeah. Paris, I said to like the waiter, I was like, nous sommes écossais. And he didn't understand what I said. And oh, I was like, joking. I was like, we're from Scotland. Because he'd offered us whiskey. And I was like, yeah. so I said to him, I was like, oh, we're Scottish. And uh-huh. he was like, what? Oh, Pardon? Dear. And I was like, come on. Oh, did you also say, j'ai 12 ans? I'm 12. No. <laughs> That's the thing, is that when you say your age, you, you always kind of go back to the first thing you yeah, know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, so yeah, Scottishness, mm-hmm. what it means to be Scottish. Do you feel Scottish? Oh. Uh, yeah. What do we feel about patriotism? Oh. Nationalism? We'll touch on that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. maybe. Um, yeah. No, there's quite, let's, we'll have a lot to I talk about. I think there's plenty to say. Both of us love a bit We're of We're never short of a word. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but in the meantime, this has been Hollow and Substantial. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm.